Good morning. This podcast kind of happened unexpectedly whenever I began it last week. I wasn't really intending to do a podcast. Um, And so I kind of started this a little bit backwards. So today I wanted to just share a little bit about my testimony. Uh, For those of you who may not know me that might listen to this, uh, my name is Brittany Elmer. I am 38. I am married to Joe, and we have three little boys, and um, I live in Louisiana. Um, I would say that my childhood, um, I went to a Christian school, and we went to church sometimes. Um, so I always kind of had those roots in me, but it wasn't until like, I would say like 2015 when the Lord started to really draw me. Um, it was in that year that we started, my husband and I, we started to go to church, um, really regularly. I started to even go on Wednesday nights. Um, it got to the point where, uh, at the end of 2015, I got baptized and for the next year, probably like into 2016, um, I just started to spend some more time with the Lord, but it was never consistent. Um, and I wasn't like, I, I, I would say that I hadn't fully surrendered to him. Like if you asked me like, who's the Lord of your life? Like it was still me. And I would kind of like read scriptures like, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I would read things like that. And I would be like, not really seeing that new creation necessarily in me. And that bothered me. And at the beginning of 2017, I started a first John Bible study and I did this with a couple of my friends and like in January of 2017, it was kind of a new year thing. I was like, I'm going to really start to spend time with the Lord. And that's when my life changed. You can never really get to know the Lord without spending time with him. And that's the most important thing from the words of Jesus. Um, so January through March, 2017, I started a first John Bible study and I spent three months in those five chapters and it changed my life. Also in that time, I discovered sermons on YouTube And it was actually my husband, like he came home one day and was telling me how he was listening to K-Love and he heard Louis Giglio on K-Love, a message about, called Indescribable. And I ended up looking it up and listening to it while I took a bath that night. And then it was like, I was hooked and still am. Like he started something in me telling me that. And it's like, it's been so transformative because 
what comes in is like what comes out and it was like I just couldn't get enough like I was soaking it in like a sponge just every time I was in my car I was listening to sermons and I was at church anytime I could go and every morning I'm getting up to be with the Lord and just in the word of God you know his word is alive and it's transforming and I would say in those three months those were the most transformational months of my life and in those three months the Lord really began to um put his thumb down with me about alcohol in my life and before I even explain that I just want to say convictions are personal they're not one size fits all I'm not um casting judgment or anything like that I'm just telling you my story and it was my personal conviction he wanted alcohol out of my life and he was putting his thumb down on that and I would really feel the conviction of the Lord if I would drink and our life was so revolved around drinking um just in our culture in Louisiana it's such a thing and um it's like everything that we did drinking was involved and I was you know back then it was like I would get home from work and I would have a glass of wine like wine was like a go-to I I wouldn't even normally finish the glass but it was just this dependency and um and it was like I felt the Lord calling me to lay that down and I battled it like that entire three months like I was wrestling with the Lord and I was fighting and I was like I would I remember like putting the wine in my buggy at the store and just feeling his conviction and then I would feel guilty if I would drink and it was just this wrestling and I would try to rationalize it you know like it's not a big deal I'm not getting drunk and but it was just he wanted it out and his conviction with me was relentless and I realized I couldn't do it on my own. Like it was like I continued to just, when I was trying to do it in my own, like striving, like it wasn't working. And, um, and I also just, I share that to say, like, because I know some of what I've shared about alcohol has really resonated with, with different people. Um, I don't think that people realize the grip that it has on your life until you try to stop I never realized like how strong of a how much of a stronghold it was in my life until the Lord put his thumb down on it and told me to quit and then like when I realized how big of a battle it was to quit I'm like wow like I didn't realize it had a hold on me like that like I would never have considered myself an alcoholic but it was a stronghold and the Lord wanted it broken. And, um, and so anyway, um, so for those three months I was wrestling with that. And at the end of that three months, it was March, 2017. I was just laying in bed one morning before I got out of bed and it was like still dark in my room. And I just heard the Lord it was just this so clear I just heard the joy of the Lord is your strength 
and it's Nehemiah 8.10. I just heard that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And as I'm laying there, like I just have tears just like starting to pour down my cheeks because I knew exactly what he was talking about. He was speaking about my struggle with alcohol and quitting. And, um, and it was like he was telling me like, His joy was my strength not to do it. The fact that I was bringing my father joy, that was my strength not to do it. And I will tell you a testimony, like it was broken off of me that morning. And that was nearly five years ago. Like alcohol has been dead to me. Honestly, like if you would, like if the Lord would tell me I could drink again, like it just hypothetically, I wouldn't, even if he would let me, you know, um, if I wouldn't feel that conviction for a glass of wine, like even if I had that like approval, like a sense that approval from him, I still wouldn't do it because I have found so much more. I would never want to go back to where I was. Um, I think about the verse in Ephesians that says, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like, do not get drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I felt like with alcohol for me, like it was like, I've used the analogy before of like, if you would put alcohol on a plant, you know, it would just kill it. Um, It would just dry it up. And it was almost like, that's, that's what it was doing in my spirit there's this purity and like um like always being able to be in the presence of the lord um like my my mindset is always um clear and one time just during that struggle with with quitting drinking i read an article and in it the woman said like how she had a similar conviction and she said, she was just talking about her parents and she said, you know, I never saw my parents drunk. And I like that just really resonated. And I was like, Lord, I want to, I want my kids to be able to say that about me. Like, I don't want my kids having memories of me drinking and being drunk. Um, I want my kids, I I really started to think about my legacy with my children and the Lord was becoming so important to me. And it's like, that's the legacy I wanted to leave. I think about that Stephanie Gratt singer song, like, let my children tell their children, let their, let this be their memory that all my treasure was in heaven and you were everything to me. I don't want there to be anything in my life at all. Um, that would contradict Jesus and I didn't want drunkenness to be a thing Um, I didn't want that like it it was just it was it was just such a conviction of the Lord um, to to give that up and so but it took the Lord to do it and Again, I just want to reiterate, convictions are personal, and they are not one-size-fits-all. This is just my story. So, um, it was the last day of my first John Bible study. I'd been doing it for three months, every day, five chapters, just digging in. And in that, 
on that day, it was a, I believe it was a Saturday, um, that was my first day to quit drinking because I had heard it was, it was just a couple days before, like it was that week. I'd heard the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when the weekend came, it was either a Friday or Saturday. I can't remember when the weekend came, like when I would normally be hanging out with friends and drinking instead that night I made coffee for the first time and I decided I was not drinking and the Lord it was through his grace like because it like ever since then it was like it's it's just been done it is finished who the sun sets free is free indeed like Jesus broke that power over me it is real like what what he can do is is real and so i'm like i finished my first john bible study that day that night we had um our friends over and um we were cooking and i didn't drink and meanwhile in these 3 months that i'm seeking the lord he starts to put someone on my heart. Um, I started to sense him telling me to go deeper with my friend Kayla. You know, I'm starting to listen to sermons. I'm starting to just really get on fire for the Lord. And, and I have like friends in my life that don't really know that side of me. And, um, one of those was my friend Kayla, you know, like we just never really talked about anything like spiritual necessarily. And, and I felt him highlighting her for some strange reason. And, um, it got to the point where like, she came over to my house, like we were like all hanging out and I'm like literally showing her a Louis Giglio sermon on my phone. And, um, and then like, I remember just talking to her about just an experience where I was like listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like I'm just kind of opening myself up with her to just go deeper. And it got to the point where um, that Thursday at work, um, before the, the the day that I'm talking about where I quit drinking, that, that Thursday at work, I told my, my friend that I work with, I told her, I said, the Lord's just calling me to go deeper with Kayla. Like those words literally like came out of my mouth. Well, two days later, so that was Thursday, two days later, this Saturday, the day that I decided I'm I'm not drinking, um, I made coffee, I finished my my Bible study that day, we're hanging out with friends, Joe's phone rings. Um, and it's ringing and it's ringing and it's on silent. And so like, I, I'm like, somebody like keeps calling you. Like you need to answer that. And when he answered the phone, I could tell by his face that something happened. You know, it's like, you can just see that look. And I was like, what, what, what happened? What is it? You know, I'm trying to get him to tell me because he just has this like, just all over his face something happened and then he said Kayla died (laughs) 
Kayla died. Um, I felt like I got punched in the stomach. Of all people, like I just felt, I, I went outside by myself, like she was, she um, died in just an, an accident, an ATV accident. Um, I went outside on my porch and I just knelt and I just looked up at the dark night sky and I just felt like this weight of the sovereignty of God and I was just like I have no more time like I have no more time like that's all that I kept saying to the Lord and I'm like you were drawing me to her like I have no more time and it's like I say that to say like I might come off like really passionate but the Lord like seared me for eternity and it's like that's why I even do these things that's why I even share things like this that's what pushed me to even like step out to speak because you never know how close to the edge of eternity you are sitting at any given moment and it's like the Lord went before me. Like he knows all of our days. And it's like, he could have been drawing me to somebody else. But it's like, I have never been the same. Like that marked me. That night in March, 2017, like that was a defining moment in my life. And I vowed that I will never be a surface level friend. I will go deep with everyone that knows me. I will go deep with everyone who doesn't even know me because eternity is real. And it's like, I, I just have this eternal mindset So, um, so that, that's the beginning of my testimony. And I would say that from that point, it just intensified. Um, I just over the last five years, almost five years, I've continued to just wake up and spend time with the Lord every day and that's the most transforming thing that you can do but um, I would say another defining thing for me also came from Joe he had lunch with a friend and he called me like after, after his lunch with his friend and he was like hey have you ever heard of Ken Fish? Because he knew that I was listening to a whole lot of sermons at the time. 
And I was like, no, I've never heard of him. And he was like, well, you know, I was just having lunch with my friend and he was telling me about Ken Fish and he was like, evidently, like, there's like still like healings and like deliverance and like, he's like telling me this stuff about how this man, Ken Fish, like is seeing the power of God. And I'm like, what? You know, because everything that I was learning about Jesus, I mean, it, I wasn't really seeing the things like I wasn't, you know, it's like, you, you know, that he's healer and you know, like what the Bible says, but it's like, it's another thing to read it. And it's another thing to see it like actually happening right now. And so he's telling me this and like, you know, my red flag goes up and I'm like thinking, Oh, you know, thinking this, Oh, this could be like a a false teacher, you know, like I'm just like, I'm paranoid. And so I pull up a Ken fish video on YouTube and I start listening to him and the craziest thing happened because he described something that I had just experienced that I didn't have language for. Like I didn't understand it. Um, probably about two weeks before I listened to the, that Ken Fish message, I was sitting at my kitchen counter just like normal in the morning. And I was actually doing a Ruth Bible study with some other girls from church. Like we had this text group and I just had my eyes closed Um, just in prayer and I began to see a vision and I had never seen a vision before and it it totally took me by surprise like as my eyes were closed I actually even had my hands over my eyes it was like really dark and I began to see just plain as day I saw what looked like a white illuminated tree against a black background like it was just this shining white tree and I'm like seeing it and I'm like what in the world you know and and then all of a sudden it's like it changed and then I saw an eye like an actual like eyeball like a like your physical eye I saw an eye And it was the same, it was a black and white image. It was like the eye was like this white illuminated eye against a black background. And like, I'm literally like moving my hands over my eyes and I'm like, what in the world? Like I knew it was the Lord. Like there's no way of explaining what I saw. Like it wasn't my imagination. Like I was seeing it. And... I even told the girls in the Ruth Bible study that morning, I'm like, y'all might think I've lost my mind, but I just saw this. And so, and I, I didn't have, I didn't understand it. And none of my friends, like I didn't have people in my life really that were experiencing visions or anything like that. And I didn't know any, I, I just didn't know like what to do with it. And So I'm listening to Ken Fish, and he is explaining visions, how the Lord can speak in visions, and he's explaining, you know, like, how the Bible says that, like, when the Lord pours out his spirit, you know, like, that young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams, like, this, that this is a way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and, 
So I'm like, oh my gosh, like this just happened to me. And he even was explaining how the Lord usually speaks to him in visions. And he said, it's normally like a black and white image. And I was like, that's exactly what I saw. So I'm like, I'm really intrigued with this Ken Fish guy. And, um, and so I asked the Lord, you know, I'm still paranoid and I'm like, I don't want to be led astray, you know? And so I asked the Lord, (laughs) this might sound funny. I don't know, but I said, if this is for real, if this is something that you want me to go after, because I felt this draw, like, I'm like, I want to see the power of God. Like, I don't just want to read about it. I want to see it. Like, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like, why are we not seeing the stuff? And so I was really drawn in by his message, but I wanted to make sure that I wasn't being led astray. And so I just, I just told the Lord, like on my way, like getting in my car that day, I said, God, I feel like this is from you. I said, but like, if it is, and if this is something you want me to go after, will you show me a rainbow? Like I just said that, I don't know, that might not be right. I don't know, but I just, I just said that. And I am not even joking. When I pulled in my driveway that day, there was a rainbow over my driveway in the sky. And it wasn't even a rainy day. And I just like smiled from ear to ear. And I'm like, okay, I am in. (laughs) And so I looked up Ken Fish and lo and behold, he was coming to Lafayette. And Ken Fish goes all over the world. Like, I mean, he's usually in Australia or I mean, just all over. And he was coming to Lafayette like soon. Um, and so I'm like, I am going. And so literally like the night before I went to Lafayette, I had a dream and I just saw myself in the dream, just riding this rushing river just by myself. And it was just like this picture of me just riding the river of the spirit. So I go to Lafayette by myself, like I'm just driving there and it was just the coolest little trip because it was just me and the Lord. And I'm like, what are you doing, Jesus? Like, I was, it was just an adventure. So I go to the Lafayette Vineyard and this was a defining moment. I experienced the manifest presence of God. It was a holy moment. It was a Friday night. And, um, Ken Fish was supposed to preach that night. But the weight of the glory of God was so strong in the room that anytime anyone would try to go stand on the stage at the podium, they would fall to the ground. Like it was like this weighty glory, like their knees would literally give out and they could not stand in the presence of God. There was, um, I would describe it as waves of glory. And I am like, I I mean, I have no language for this. Like I've never seen anything like it. There were moments of just, um, like I remember just this holy moment of silence where it was like everyone in the room was on their face 
like on the ground on their face like flat on the ground and it was just completely silent for probably like 10 minutes which is a very long time for a big church to just be silent but it was just this holy hush in the room at the holiness of the moment and then there were moments of like joy like I remember just being up at the front like there was complete freedom in the room absolute freedom it wasn't just standing there and worried about what people are going to think about you not at all everyone was like in the front like going towards the the altar and just dancing before the Lord with the most like just joy and glee like it was just this you know It, it was just this freedom I'd never seen before. And I remember this girl, this um, teenage girl that was near me, just in the front of the room. Because when the glory of God is, is, is like that, demons, demons will manifest. They can't be in the presence of God. And I'd never seen that happen before either. I'd never seen deliverance. But this girl right next to me started to manifest like a, like a demon, demonic manifestation. She started to shriek and arch her back like it was this, it was freaky. Um, and she went down on the ground and was kind of like convulsing and just screaming and um and i remember like i had it was almost like i had a front row seat to deliverance that night ken fish came and he knelt down next to this girl who's just in torment and i saw him just go eye to eye with her like his face against her face and he put his eyes right up to her eyes and he just said come out like with just authority, just those two words, come out. And immediately she just started to like vomit, like spit um, on the ground. Like it, it was like, and it was like just this peace came over her body. Like it was gone. Whatever was in her was gone. And so I'm just kind of standing there and I just, I go up next to her and I just kind of start rubbing her back, just kind of patting her, like, just, like, I didn't know what to do. And so for a few minutes, like, she just laid there just with, in peace. And then she stood up and started to dance. And I remember just holding hands and, like, jumping in a circle, like, just, like, childlike with this girl who was overcome with joy because she had just been set free. I don't know what kind of demonic bondage she was under, but it was gone. And I mean, one of the most amazing things of that night was like, I was, I, it was either, I can't remember if it was a Friday or Saturday, but because it was more than just the, the night thing. Like I was there 
maybe I got there early. Like they had a session, maybe an afternoon session that I went to. And, um, I remember sitting behind this old man who it was like he had Parkinson's because his head never stopped shaking. Like it was this constant, it wasn't a little shake. Like it was like a, a, like his head just never stopped. And I remember like sitting behind him and thinking like, oh my gosh, I feel sorry for this man. Like that's gotta be just so hard to live with. Well, that night, just when the glory of God was in the room towards the end of the night, I remember like one of the the speakers, he just got the microphone and he said um, that when the presence of God is in the room like that, um, that we are going to go after healing. And so I remember this man that I had seen all day with the shaking head. I saw him, like Ken Fish went kind of to the right of the room where I was. And I'm just like sitting in a chair not far from him. And I'm just watching. And I'm watching Ken Fish pray for him. And it wasn't just a quick prayer. Like they talked for a while. It was like he was trying to, I don't know what they were talking about. But I I just watched. It was like a process. And wouldn't you know, as I'm sitting there watching, this man's head stopped shaking. Like completely stopped. Like it it didn't stop shaking the whole day. And it stopped. And I am, like by this time, it's like late at night. And it's like, it's time to, like I need to leave and come home. And I just remember going in my car. And just crying and calling Joe and telling him what I just saw and what I just experienced. There was no going back for me. And so I dove head first, all in. And, uh, And it's just been the most amazing adventure ever since. I could go on forever, really. There's just so much. But I would just say that the presence of God will transform your life. I'm feeling this draw to His presence deeper than I've ever felt before. And... um, It's like this, I love the habitation of your house, the place where your glory dwells. There's, there's this heaven on earth feeling when you're in the presence of God and it just makes the world just so dim in the light of his presence. Like it's just, it's what your soul comes to crave. There's no earthly, earthly thing earthly desire um, that holds a candle to him and it's like I just want to be I just want to be where he is and since then it's like trips have become become a thing for me like I will go I will go to places where he where his presence is you know um, and then the Lord has blessed me with friends that have this same love and this same hunger and um, 
Jesus has just transformed my life. Like sometimes I just sit in my prayer closet and I look around and I just, I just literally will just laugh and I'm like, Lord, what have you done to me? What have you done to me? Like, um, and so I share that testimony to say there is more, there is always more. Like, go after him with everything that you've got. Let him out of the box. Um, And ultimately, just uh, get alone with the Lord. Make that, like, just a consistent and steady thing that you do in your life every day. And um, anyway, I guess I will end there. Um... But I, I want to end with a prayer. So Jesus, I just pray for every person today under the sound of my voice. Lord, that if there are things that they are struggling with, if there are things that you are putting your thumb down on in their life, that they will see that the joy of the Lord is their strength. I pray, Lord, that you would encounter them. I pray, Lord, that you would just... Um, fill every area of their life that feels empty. Jesus, there's so many people right now that are just lonely and they're searching and they're, it's like they're, they have these broken cisterns that they're filling with all these things of the world, Lord. And I pray that they would find in you everything that they're looking for. I pray, Lord, that you would set fire in hearts today. Jesus, I pray that that your presence and your glory would just be our greatest hunger, our greatest desire, that it would be the one thing we ask for, the one thing that we seek. Lord, I pray that that you just make your your glory and your presence so known to us that, that we are like glue to you. Jesus, I just pray that you move. I pray that you move in every heart. I pray that you move in our city. I pray that you move in our nation. I pray that your name would be glorified in all the earth. In your precious name I pray, amen.